Hey everyone, DJ Louie here, just dropping a little preview of our latest Pop Pantheon All Access episode. This is, of course, our Patreon channel, where we're dropping at least three bonus episodes of the show per month, and also offering a ton of other perks, like access to our Discord channel, and so much more. On this episode, on the eve of Lady Gaga's Chromatica's third anniversary, I invited my friend Matthew Perpetua along with his friend Molly Mary O'Brien on the show to discuss the album and how we reacted to it in the time, how our thoughts have evolved over time, what it portends for Gaga's career moving forward, where it situates her in the pop space and what we like about it, what we don't like about it, what influenced it, what works on it, what doesn't work on it. It was such a fun conversation and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So here's a little preview. If you enjoy what you hear, you can hear the rest of that episode plus all of our bonus content and so much more at patreon.com slash poppantheon or by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. Gaga, I think, got so big, the expectations around her were so huge that you then get to like a Born This Way, which is really only coming out, you know, two or three years into her career. She's got the peak of her success. Everyone's paying attention to her. And she makes this kind of wild sounding record that, of course, is at once very successful, but also very divisive. I think that album was the moment where there was a lot of casual Gaga fans that were like into bad romance and shit like that, that were kind of like, eh, this is kind of gay. This is kind of campy. This is a little bit out there. Like there was a lot of success off of the fumes of how big the first era had been. But the record, I think in terms of how the general public felt about it was really divisive. I remember when the first single came out, people being like, uh, uh, screech, you know what I mean? So I have sort of thought about every subsequent Gaga album as like a weird pivot to try to find her equilibrium again mm. after that. So it's like art pop, we now think of it as kind of an unhinged record because it definitely is. But that was an answer in some ways to Born This Way's headier, queer kitty sort of thing. The whole idea for art pop was like, I'm going to go back to making music that's about frivolous fantasy and sex and fun. And like that was kind of the idea. Of course, she's always shoehorning 10 million other ideas into there, but that was right. the idea of art pop. But it was still completely overblown. And the record was seen as a massive underperformer. I mean, art pop was commercially really like a big nadir at that moment. Then she kind of goes, fuck. <laughs> the overblown dance pop aesthetic that I was going for here is not functional anymore as it was for me in 2008, 2009. I'm going to make Joanne the opposite kind of record, which is live instruments and rock, blah, 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 blah. That also not a very big commercial success. Again, million reasons the soul kind of hit off of the Super Bowl performance, but like those songs didn't do well. Perfect Illusion didn't hit the top 10. I mean, this record was not at Gaga levels of success. So in a way, I sort of see Chromatica in that lineage a little bit where she's kind of still trying to sort of like figure out like what mm. is my pop persona again I think this was her most as people said like streamlined square attempt at like kind of finding the balance between the two ideas it's like not quite unhinged but it's still dance pop gaga it's got some of the flourishes of everything she's picked up along the way like she's never felt that level of sort of confidence in her artistic impulses that I think she had in that first few records up and through born this way and I still see chromatica in that way sort of does that resonate at all <laughs> it does and like the, the thing you're kind of bringing up kind of contrasting with madonna to kind of put me into the thinking about i think the, the big difference between the two of them is that madonna 
like David Bowie as well, kind of approaches music and all of this kind of with an actor brain mm. where they're thinking of like characters they can play and like moods that they can embody. Whereas Gaga, I think, is much more of a performance art kind of person. She's always thinking conceptually. There's always like layers of meta things in it. You know, she's just got big art brain and, you know, art pop, obviously, being like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to own it. So, yeah, I think like she's not someone who's just trying to like find the vibe of the moment. She's just always kind of on her own path. So the world has to kind of either come to her or it doesn't. And, you know, the world generally does come to her, even on these records that underperform relative to the bigger ones. But I want to just point something out about that, which is that the world comes to her as a celebrity, but the world has not come to Gaga again in that first era way pretty much ever again except for Star is Born in my opinion right, which is like, huge that's that, like arguably that her huge. biggest thing it was ever huge. but in terms of Gaga solo album releases she's been more on the fringe or on the bubble of the main pop conversation for longer than she was at the center of it. And I think that that's something that gets obscured by her continued A++++ celebrity and her ability to diversify her portfolio and create interest in all these other ways in her. But if we're talking about Gaga's pop career, she really has not had like a truly zeitgeisty album since that first swing right there, in my yeah. personal opinion. She may never Besides again. A Star is Born. Well, just speaking to your you know pointing out that she does seem to be kind of like you guys like this wait a second okay yeah. you didn't you maybe yeah. like this the i yeah. feel like the song that is kind of like the linchpin of all of this that everyone forgets about is the cure which came yeah. out that to me that was the biggest ever like okay the joanne thing was not hitting the way i wanted to what about just like a nice normal sweet romantic pop song Uh, yeah. And on one hand, you could call that like a triumph, like that's great. We finally found something that has got radio play, blah, blah, blah. Because she doesn't lean in with like full confidence in, you know, kind of like di up digging in a little bit, then you can get that sense that things are getting a little sweaty in there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that there's a team somewhere behind the scenes. It's like, ah, shit, this didn't work. What else do the people like? And that gets harder and harder as years go by and th yeah. fandom yeah. both gets more fractured and you know the yeah. idea even of a hit song is not quite the same thing that it was when she was maybe first starting out when things were much more you know the monoculture was I think a little bit more in action. She's the last monocultural pop figure in my opinion. She's the last person that really devoured the entire four quadrants of culture for a period of time. It's not possible. I mean I'm trying to think if there's anybody that sort of like comes I think Taylor her, Swift really has attained that. Yeah I I guess that's true i guess that's true but taylor technically is like her peer more so than she is like someone that came after her necessarily i oh, don't think true, any yeah. of this new generation of pop, they just can't there's no possible way for them to do it and it's really that's a whole other conversation here's my <laughs> next question i want to pose you guys i want to get into the music on chromatica a little bit how would you describe 
we've we've touched on this, but let's let's get in more detail. How would you describe what is happening on this record? Like, what are the aesthetic touchstones of this music, and what are the overarching themes? Basically, here? '90s house, '90s dance pop. It reminded me a lot of like the music that I would hear on the radio when I was like a kid. Um, <laughs> I don't know, especially like anything a, in particular. Alice, I think, Free Woman. Mm-hmm. You know, these songs that kind of have like one catchphrase that then gets like mm-hmm. repeated and kind of chewed on. Reminds me of house music that has like a sample of something that kind of gets like chopped up and repeated. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that she has like I know Blood Pop is her biggest produce the main producer credit on this producer co-songwriter, which I was saying to Matthew earlier. I was like, Blood Pop, I didn't realize he was American. That just sounds like a Swedish name or Norwegian name. Like, oh, hello, I'm blood, I'm blood pop. Like, let's make pop music. But then, weirdly, she also has she has Maddion and Skrillex on here, which are you know they're very boundary pushing EDM people, electronic Mm -hmm. dance music people. So when you know we were talking at the beginning about how this maybe doesn't sound as edgy or as like sharp, I'm like I almost wish she could have encouraged you know like Skrillex to go a little Mm. bit more ham. If you had asked me which song he had been on, I would have been like I don't know he was on plastic doll which you just don't now it's is, yeah which is kind of crazy right plastic doll is another the one. most generic song on very the album, regular very nine. normal That's my interpretation of this is that I was like, oh shit. As soon as I played this when it first came out, I was like, the 90s are back. The 90s maybe never left. Yeah. I mean, well, my favorite song uh, besides Stupid Love is Babylon. And that one is, I think, very early 90s, mm-hmm. like super mm-hmm. early 90s. It's mm-hmm. it's something that kind of feels like, you know, there's elements of it that really could have just been Madonna circa like Blonde Ambition. Strut it out, walk a mile, serve it ancient city style. Talk it out, babble on. Battle for your life, Babylon, that's gossip, what you on, money don't talk, rip that song, gossip, Babylon, battle for your life, Babylon. Shep Pettibone. Yeah, it's a Shep Pettibone. Yeah, exactly. Little Kathy Dennis, touch me all night long sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people who do that, much less do it competently, mm-hmm. much less make the lyrics insane. Yeah. The yeah. lyrics of Babylon <laughs> are some of the weirdest lyrics she's ever written, but also lyrics Agreed. that really felt right in 2020 with like, you know, the fight for your life and then... But then also just like things that don't even make sense, like like the bodies moving like sculpture, a thing that famously does not move. Wow. Wow. She sold that so hard to me that I literally never even noticed. She's good at her job. <laughs> Body's moving like a sculpture. Oh, my God. That's like a Max Martin classic. Yeah. Who is also present on this record for the first time on Stupid Love, a co-writer. Really interesting. Yeah. She finally like, I mean, the fact that he's not more present is, you know, whatever. He's not that worth talking about here, but perhaps does sort of buttress my idea of some of the more like generic gestures on this album to me. Although I know, Matthew, you, you disagree with that but I think the 90s house thing is clearly like the undergirding idea of a lot of this music like Alice gives me sort of like Robin S show me love a little bit mm-hmm. you know free woman definitely has you know I, I it, that was 
what I was doing in my sets at the time. I was like, all right, what are the 90s house songs that these like Ultranate, Free, you know, I was thinking about a lot in, you know, thinking about Free Woman. And then Enigma, which is one of my favorite songs on it has, I mean, I was just like, going to say that, that one's such like a banger. That kind of Soul House, like that's really one of like the highlights. We could be The Enigma replay back-to-back moment to me is the peak of this record. But then you also have songs that unfortunately, and I think this is another big problem, sound less 90s house to me and more. That was just a preview. To hear the rest of that episode and all of our bonus content, plus access to our Discord and so much more, you can go to patreon.com slash poppantheon and sign up at the icon tier or just click the link in the show notes of this episode.